0: You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast.
1: Hello, blockbusting blokes in blouses blogging about blobfish. This is Good Job Brain, your (laughs) weekly quiz show and offbeat trivia podcast. Today's show is episode 183, and of course, I'm your humble host, Karen, and we are your jazzy, puzzlers, guzzling pizza, and nuzzling, bedazzled buzzers, huzzah.
2: Huzzah. I'm Colin.
1: I'm Dana.
0: And I'm Chris. Chris.
1: Those all have double Z's. Yeah, uh, it, it looks cool hey, when yeah. I write it down. But then, when you say it, it's different.
0: You gotta all those words people. have double,
1: yeah, double Z's. A lot of huh.
0: pizzazz. Yeah. <laughs> also,
1: cameo from Blobfish. I think about.
0: Yeah. yeah, when you say
1: the word blobfish, I think about what it looks like. That oh piece, yeah, it just cracks. <laughs> you me know, up.
2: I feel like we are actually uh, had a, a little mini uh, mini blobfish renaissance in the last uh, few months. You <laughs> blobfish know, blobfish is just, uh, having a moment. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was a little bit of a moment. All
1: right, exciting follow up, Uh listeners. If you and, and I don't know if you guys remember uh last episode on our pop quiz hotshot, we had. A silver chalice card. It was a card filled right. with questions. Two questions, questions about, at yeah. least. Yeah, yeah. Right? Oh,
2: like, uh, two questions. It was yeah, yeah. filled felt, with yeah. questions. It like yeah. a lot of questions. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> and it was, um, it was like biblical in theme. And also we're like, what is the silver chalice? And we actually said, probably most people know more about this than we do because mm-hmm. we don't know that much about the Bible. I have follow up. A lot of people tweeted and emailed and uh, Facebook posted and, and this email in particular from David. And he said, In your latest episode, Dress You Up, you all were discussing the Silver Chalice and the Last Supper, and Dana said, quote, I bet people who are more familiar with the Bible will be like, what, you guys? We're going to get some um, um-actuallys. So David says, here is mine. I have a master in divinity... Both of my parents are ordained ministers. I graduated top of my class in seminary. I won an award for my biblical translations. I had to get a bookcase specifically for my Bibles, and I read the Bible daily. And I have never heard of the silver (laughs) chalice, (laughs) either the film or as a biblical reference. (laughs) There is reference to Jesus' cup in three of the Gospels, but most translations just use the word cup and not chalice try to look for it and he goes actually so no i'm um, actually from the biblical point of view all right yeah, yeah wow silver chalice seems like some biblical interpretation gone awry
2: very hollywood eyes, uh, perhaps yeah yeah and then um <laughs> i
1: looked up the movie starring paul newman which was you know in the trivia card he was commissioned to make the silver chalice for the last supper so hmm. it was fiction like historical mm. and fictional as well alright well, thanks for doing so much
2: extra research <laughs> for you. us there yeah. my
1: reaction as I'm reading down that email like of his list
2: of accolades I was like oh no oh, it's oh no it's gonna be like <laughs> a <laughs> oh, no. slam dunk
3: when you half yeah. is about this <laughs> <laughs> had
2: to buy a new bookshelf <laughs> yeah. to hold my many versions yeah.
1: good job guys yeah. alright
0: good job not knowing about stuff
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. and with that said uh, let's jump into our first general trivia segment pop quiz hot shot here I have Trivial Pursuit 1995. Okay. okay. What do you mean?
0: It's not, it's the year 19, it's all the questions are about the year 1995 or this, this We've hard... had one from
2: this set before, I yeah. think, right? This, this,
0: is, this
1: is about 1995. Oh, it is. Okay. Yeah. All right. Perfect. Okay. So, all right. Those 365 all right. days. All right. Here we go. Pink Wedge. What outfit looked over 22,000 entries from its quote, Yo, I'm your CEO contest. Then selected a candidate found by a headhunter.
0: Oh, oh, okay.
1: I don't, I oh. don't really get this question. I think I, know.
2: I think it, uh, is it uh monster uh, monster dot com?
1: No.
0: What? Okay. Yo, I'm your yo, I'm your CEO, and it was there were many, it... many different entries, and then but it, then it just picked someone from a headhunter,
3: like a actual CEO, and I'm not a random. CEO. Is it MTV? No.
0: I wanted to say MTV because like, mm, like Yo Yo MTV Raps. raps. Yeah, yo yeah. And your CEO. I, Hets, it sounds like something Hets. Hets. desperately know, trying yeah. to be uh, youth appeal. Ah, uh,
1: it's it's <laughs> I I feel like it's you know it or you don't. It is Ben and Jerry's. Huh. Okay. okay. Why did Why did they call it Yo like yogurt? Well, why did they call it Yo? I'm
3: your CEO because <laughs> it rhymes with CEO. CEO. Yo Yo. Your CEO. I wow. so like they they're
1: about puns not.
2: Good ice cream, though. Yeah, Good, right. ice, Good cream, ice cream, though. Yeah. It was yeah. the 90s. Bad campaigns. Uh,
1: okay. Yeah. Yellow Wedge. What European nation forced CompuServe to block access to explicit news groups? Oh. Oh, it was between Colin and Give to Colin.
0: Uh, Germany. Correct. Mm.
1: Correct. Hmm.
0: They're all about blocking access to stuff. Even back then. <laughs> I don't think you could buy Doom in Germany. Like, yeah. When Doom came out,
1: they don't like bloody video games.
3: They
0: right? don't.
1: All right, Brown Wedge, what 1995 movie was the first film to feature characters who attend weekly, quote, plastic corrosion awareness meetings? Mm. Wow, calling again.
0: Toy Story? Correct. Oh, okay. Of course. At I all. didn't remember. I don't remember it was 1995. That That's quite a throwaway gag from Toy Story. I don't remember <laughs> that bad.
1: Orange wedge, what did Giorgio Armani declare to be the most elegant and intelligent color? Huh. Dana. Black? Correct, it is black. <laughs> right. Simple and minimalist. Yeah. <laughs> uh, teal wedge, what software billionaire, what software billionaire, billionaire, Bin- billionaire.
2: <laughs> Billionaire. Billionaire. It's pronounced billiards.
1: (laughs) It's it's billiards. Billiards-air. Billionaire.
2: Yeah, yeah,
1: there you go. Billionaire. No, I can't. Do it. Like a funny billionaire. (laughs) What software billionaire? (laughs) No. Wow. Whatever. Yeah, very rich person. There's a hole. Gave. Jimi Hendrix's dad an interest free loan to sue for the rights to his son's music and master discs. Oh. Oh, I'm gonna give it to Chris. Bill Gates. Incorrect.
0: It's gotta be it's gotta be Paul Allen. He's Correct. a huge he's a huge oh, Hendrix fan. Really? Guitar fan. Yeah. There were only two software billionaires in 1995.
2: So. Have you guys been to the uh, the Experience Music Project in Seattle? No, it's, but I uh, heard about it's it. It's actually pretty cool. Yeah, it's like a and museum, funded. Right? Yeah, I mean, no. in large part or exclusively by Paul Allen. Really? Ah, huge, okay. huge amount of money, and a lot of his guitars from his personal collection are there. It's pretty neat. I heard
1: huh. it's a really cool museum. Yeah, All it's right, neat. last question, Blue Wedge. What senior PGA veteran teed off a 24-hour cable TV channel devoted to golf?
3: <laughs> oh no! Rooster, no. Adam, Poor dying. rooster.
0: Um, I, is it uh, Jack Nicklaus? No. No. <sighs> is it Arnold Palmer?
2: It is Arnold Palmer. Oh. <laughs> oh. like, I come guess. on, we all know this <laughs> name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll I'm more fish sad fish about the rooster. So sad. Yeah.
3: You know, we can put a new battery
0: in there. Well, technically, yeah, it's dead
2: forever.
1: All right, good job, brains. Colin, what are we talking about this week?
2: today. <clears throat> <laughs> well, I've had a story that I've been sitting on in my uh, trivia vault for a while, trying to find a way I could work it into mm-hmm. Good Job In brain. your brain. Yes, in my not brain. In, like
1: a real... It's not
2: an world. actual vault. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not anymore. No. The first one burned down. It was terrible. <laughs> yeah, I lost so it much was- <laughs> trivia. Um, and then concurrently, we just passed uh, Memorial Day. Memorial Day, remembering people who have uh, performed service to our nation. I yep. was thinking about uh, awards and honors, and I was watching on the news uh, there was uh, a, a, a serviceman that had uh, just, you know, the giant row of the Mm. medals pinned to his chest and thinking about how hard it is, like, you know, to remember, like, what each little one, Uh all the different colors. So I went and I kind of fell down a wiki hole on uh, military awards, and we may have a little bit of that coming up later. We
1: get that in trivia sometimes. We do. Like, what what – is the Purple Heart 4? We like, do. Who, we do. what award do people win? I was like, ah, little
2: right. Right.
1: Oh, ribbons and stars.
2: And so that tied into this uh, little trivia story that I had been sitting on, which I will share for you guys a little bit later in the show. And I thought uh, we would open it up and talk about awards, medals, uh, decorations, uh, anything that you earn or is awarded to you, but uh, something around the idea of a, of a prize or something you did to earn it.
1: So this week, let's keep our eyes on the prize. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. Got money on my
3: mind, I can never get enough. And every time I step up in the building,
1: everybody
0: hands go up. And they stay there now, when you think of, uh, the ultimate prize being awarded, uh, to someone who has started a movie, you, of course, think of the Oscars. Yeah. But we've had way too many Oscar quizzes. Yeah. Uh, so I want to actually talk about and a different award that is given. We don't actually know anything. Um, a different award that uh, every now and again sometimes comes up and crosses through our, our field of vision, mm-hmm. um, that are, that are given, uh, to, uh, people who have acted in that year's, uh, films, colloquially known as the Razzies. <laughs> the Golden Raspberry Awards, uh, nice. to be particular about it. And, and the award, the trophy itself is indeed a raspberry, you know, sort of a statue of a raspberry <laughs> yeah. Yeah, painted with cheap gold paint. It began in 1981, honoring films released in 1980 and, and honoring what are considered to be, uh, the, Worst movies released <laughs> uh, over the course of a year. Usually held right before the Oscars. Um, yeah. The biggest difference between the Oscars and the Razzie. You know, the Razzie's last year were held in the Palace Theater in Los Angeles. I mean, it's a big deal.
1: Do the no. winners even show up? So though, here's the thing. Not often, yeah. 99% <laughs> yeah. of the time,
0: no, the winners do not show up. But that's only 99% of the time. So this is a quiz about the Razzie winners who graciously, with no shortage of good humor, actually showed up at Razzie ceremonies over the years (laughs) to accept their worst actor or worst picture or what have you award in person.
1: Oh okay. okay, so it's not like the nominees show up and they, they're awaiting for to <laughs> announce the worst I hope you know, of the, the
2: bunch.
0: Worst. Actually they I mean I, I don't think that they tell them that they've won. I think they will I think they sort of assume that they're going to win and they, they show, you know, quote unquote win.
2: And they show up and they accept. They have the award. their well placed sources within the yeah. Yeah. There, there have
0: been people who have who have said, so basically if I say I'm gonna be there, you'll you give you it vote, to me. you're gonna vote for me, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean that's yeah. pretty much Literally yeah, guess. that seems to be how <laughs> it, how it goes but i'm not quite sure so here we go so get your buzzers ready i won't i won't put the rooster into service <laughs> he's <laughs> had a tough day already the first person to ever show up to collect a Razzie in person accepted the worst actor award for a 1987 parody of spy movies <laughs> tell me the actor and the film
1: James Coburn
0: incorrect.
1: Uh,
2: Colin William Shatner.
0: No. Okay,
1: what's a spy uh, parody? The
0: parody of spy parody. films released in 1987 generally considered the worst thing that this <gasps> a, a comedian actor comedian has ever done. Uh, generally sorry. considered one of the worst movies. <sighs> Always okay. pops up on wow. your list of oh, terrible films.
1: Oh uh, 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 no, it's not It must be like a Bond parody. Maybe. Is it a
0: pink Panther? It's it's not no. quite panther a Bond parody. Movies, though. I will tell you. I will tell you the uh, actor, and okay. then you'll probably actor, know the movie. The right. actor's name is Bill Cosby. Oh, I was going to say uh, Bill Cosby. Yeah. And the film is that was it was that uh, not uh, not Leonard Part Six. It is Leonard, or, Part, Leonard Part Six. six. Okay, yes. okay, yeah, Leonard I was just Part six. thinking. Okay. I would know Leonard's parts one through five. The only oh.
2: reason I didn't say that is I couldn't imagine him actually having enough uh, self-effacing humor to he show up and accept it. He actually did wow. show up okay. and accept the.
0: Board. All yep. Right. Yep. Um, okay. All right. Let's, let's shake that it off. I've never heard okay. that movie Okay. Here's a, here's a slightly Ghost easier Dad. one. Okay. The 2001 <laughs> film "Freddie Got Fingered" took home five oh. Razzies. For whom? Dana. Tom Green. Tom Green, who brought his own red carpet to the ceremony.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yep. <laughs>
0: Uh, this actress accepted her award in person for a comic book based movie. Oh. College. I believe that
2: was Halle Berry.
0: That was indeed Halle for for Berry. Catwoman,
2: for Catwoman. Yeah. Oh.
0: execrable Catwoman. <laughs>
1: oh my yeah, god! Yeah. So she's been Catwoman and Storm. Yeah. Oh. Hmm. Huh.
0: Who would win? She in a fight? accepted the award while holding her Oscar for Best Actress in <laughs> *Oscar's Ball*, yeah. which she'd gotten yeah. a few years before. <laughs>
2: there can't be many people who have won both. <laughs> uh, not a
0: whole lot. No. In 2004, Ben Affleck was nominated for the worst. Actor Razzie for three different films,
1: oh. all
0: of which came out in let's 2003. Go okay. All right, I know yeah. one. Well, I was gonna get. Oh. Okay, okay. Well, yeah, sure. Let's yeah. go. Let's go around. Let's see. Gigli, yes, Daredevil. G- G- Gilly. G- Gilly. Daredevil. Yes, mm-hmm. Dana. This leaves Colin with the last. I line. know yeah, you what the, the last the one, hard one is. Yeah, on
2: yeah, Daredevil. That wasn't Dogma. Wasn't Dogma.
0: Yeah. Jersey Girl. It's not Jersey Girl. It was Paycheck. Oh yeah. yeah! Paycheck, Daredevil, and Geely. Yeah.
3: It's just a very like whatever movie. I wouldn't put it on like you know. The worst I, worst wasn't movies. that based you on know, that, like um, I think They
0: rolled it all into. I you think know.
3: yeah, those three in a row though. You're like yeah, mm, yeah, yeah, all
0: in one year. What yeah.
3: are you up to? Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> director Director Paul Verhoeven accepted oh, yeah. the worst <laughs> picture award for what NC17 film? Karen.
1: Showgirl. Showgirl. Mm. I'm a dancer. <laughs>
0: in 1993, this mustachioed actor, famously mustachioed actor, accepted the Worst Supporting Actor Razzie for his role in the film Christopher Columbus: The Discovery. Worst Ooh. Supporting Actor, 93. <sighs> you
1: said mustachioed, famously. Uh, Tom Selleck.
0: Tom yeah. Selleck is uh, it. Tom I was Selleck like, or Robert, Tom Skerritt? I was like, and oh, it's oh, oh, Tom Skerritt. Sometimes Tom Skerritt <laughs> shaves. Yeah. Tom Selleck never. <laughs> Brian Helgeland. Accepted the worst screenplay award for his work on this nineteen ninety-seven bomb directed by and produced by Kevin Costner. Oh. Colin. Would that be Waterworld? It is not Waterworld. Oh, oh that was that, a little earlier. Uh, that was ninety-four, I think, ish. The Postman. The Postman, yes. Mm, that's The Postman. Right. Costner did not show up. <laughs> yeah. Sandra Bullock famously showed up at the Razzies in 2010 to accept the Worst Actress Award for All About Steve. Oh, right. The next night, she won the Best Actress oh. Academy Award for what film? Dana. Uh,
3: the Blind Side? The Blind
0: Side. Indeed, The Blind it Side.
1: It was the night before? Yeah.
3: Yeah. The yeah. Razzies are, that's got awesome. Got the worst
0: actress, best actress. Yeah. I
2: think they ensure, uh, good publicity if they do it that that's way. True. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's how they, they glom like on to the Oscars. Cute, yeah. yeah. But then once the Oscars are over, nobody cares about the Razzies. But if it's in the run up yeah. to the Oscars, then it gets that, you know, mention. Yeah. Final question. A writer named J. David Shapiro, J.D. Shapiro, appeared at the Razzies twice. Once. To accept the award for worst screenplay for a film released in the year 2000. And then again, in the year 2011, to accept the award for worst picture of the decade for the same film. Oh, that's a towering achievement. And what was that film? So I'm asking you, what did they, what did they say in 2011 was the worst film of the decade going back to the year 2000, 2000, 2000, 2010?
1: Is it, like, a big blockbuster movie, or is it... It was
0: a movie. It was a big movie that you've heard of. Worst movie. It was pretty famously terrible. Hmm.
1: The Room? Not The Room.
0: No.
2: It's got to be something, yeah. That, it's Cri- got to be something that was expensive and bad.
0: Expensive, oh, really? bad, self-indulgent, yeah. ridiculous—the epitome of terrible filmmaking. Uh, two thousand one <sighs> wow. was the original. 2000. 2000. 2000 was when it? Can we get in a genre? It was a science fiction oh! film. Karen, After Earth. It is not After uh, Earth.
1: No, no, no. Sorry, Karen. It, it, I'm thinking of the John Travolta one. Uh huh. Uh, God, it's not After Earth. Beyond Earth,
0: beyond. Colin, uh Chris, is it Battlefield
2: Earth? It's, ah! It is indeed
0: Battlefield uh. Earth, starring John Travolta. Wow. Worst yeah. picture of the decade. Wow. I, I only
2: made it. I only made it about twenty minutes into that one. I don't think I
1: watched <laughs> any of these movies that were well. You good for watch you, Catwoman. I didn't watch Catwoman.
0: I didn't watch Catwoman. Didn't watch
1: Catwoman. <laughs> Woo. Yeah. I just have a quick uh, tidbit uh-huh. um, before I forget because I saw this in the headlines. Well, I'm a big – I don't know if you guys listeners know, but I'm a very big pizza enthusiast. I'm yes. I, <laughs> Pizza is my favorite food, not because of Ninja Turtles, but that really helped. And I'm <laughs> I didn't just, even put that together. Uh-huh. That's, I didn't even – Well, it, I don't know. Yeah, I think as a kid, I, I watched it. I was like, wow, that's so American. I want to eat pizza too. Oh, yeah. And then, you, you know
0: – Do you like remember the first time you had like pizza like, pizza? <sighs>
1: American pizza uh-huh. coming here. Yeah, I remember the day I had my yes. first American slice, Blondie's Pizza on Telegraph oh, Avenue.
0: That was wow. Wow. that was my first. Wow. That's an intense pizza and, to start with, and I
1: never went anywhere else. Like, that, I <laughs> yep. was like, that is still that moment. Just a normal cheese pizza. Oh, pizza is my favorite food. I even like, you know, I've I mentioned before. I like started a whole running club dedicated to like pizza and running and so i had no idea that there are the pizza world championships i know granted there's contests for everything mm-hmm. but there is like the world it's like the olympics for pizza for making, mm-hmm. it, making it or for it or eating, eating it, eating for it. making it. okay mm. it's almost like um a lot of other um like the baking competition or the cake competition so every country has a team It's like the Olympics where it's not like one event. There's multiple events, so Mm. you have to build out your country's team. (laughs) So there's like dough stretching. And so you have your dough stretcher who's really good at dough stretching for Team USA or Team Italy or Team France. And then you have your kind of classic pizza cooking Competition, you're not classic, and then you have different like oh pizza for two, and and, like just a lot of events. Question: How far did you go in the research? Because I have so many questions about (laughs) dough stretching competition. You know, I I went as far enough as as. Until everything was in Italian, I couldn't really read it. <laughs> okay. All right. Like, Cause all the That's PR, deep. That's all the, deep pizza <laughs> the, the news, <laughs> the news headlines, they're all kind of like reworded PR. Right. Uh, Blast. And right. like, you what know? are they measuring with the dough yeah. stretching?
3: Is it like everybody gets the same amount of dough I and think then you so. see how much, and how big no you holes. can get it? No hole.
1: Yeah. I have lots of follow up yep. questions. I know. I feel, like, <laughs> and I was like, maybe there's a documentary or maybe there's like, they should really broadcast this in the news. Anyways. Okay. So you would think uh Italy and in Italy does win a lot of the events and they sure. win a lot of the you know every year but this past year it was France
2: hmm. France oh. won
1: with their bouillabaisse pizza get, get out. out of here
3: bouillabaisse
1: which is a southern a provencal southern fish stew like mm. a peasanty mm. fisherman's fish stew hmm. flavored pizza hmm. uh. and they won um, I'm they beat out I mean, number two and number three were were Italy, but mm. but number one was France, and that's a uh, that's a pretty big deal.
2: I'm sure they're not going to let Italy forget it either.
0: Um,
1: and then uh, Margarita, the Margarita, the classic Margarita competition, Australia took number one. Wow! So it's, this is
0: like the the California wine yeah, you know, Fran- in the versus France versus France, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: It kind of felt <laughs> like that. There is such a thing as pizza world championships,
2: huh? And then one day you I'm going go go to go. Yeah, you what are going to go. go. Do you know what they win? Do you know what it is? They win uh-huh. a pizza gong. All right. Like nice. A, a big gong. <laughs> I don't know nice. what, what it's for. What do you do? I have no that? idea what that means. And I just love Every the sound of that pizza a gong. gong. It's a massive, and
0: one of those massive vertical. Or yeah. Like yeah like, but vertical. like engraved yeah, like a right, pizza yeah. maybe? No, it's just
1: like bronze. I wish it was like a shape of a pizza. All right. That's a pretty good prize award. And they get a free flour. Like really high quality flour ah, for their pizza. That's nice. Yeah, ah. I mean, I don't think it's lifetime, and you—it's know, a lot.
2: There's <laughs> a couple it's handfuls, a couple handfuls <laughs> of it. There you yeah. go. Yeah. yeah.
1: Good job, Brain. Live next year yeah. Yeah. <laughs> at,
3: at the pizza <laughs> <laughs> world championship. <Yeah. laughs>
2: <laughs> so, if anyone out there connected with the uh, governing body, please, yeah. hook us up. Well, Karen, you set me up perfectly. You alluded to the Purple Heart and whom it is for and oh, what pizza? it signifies earlier. Yeah. Uh, so I have a very short, oh, uh, short little quiz here about okay. some of the, just the most well-known, uh, American military, uh, awards and I'm honors. I'm gonna get wrecked. Well, we'll see here. It was very short, very short. Um, so yes, uh, I know you have heard of the Purple Heart because you just talked about it. Uh, in fact, it is one of the most respected awards you can receive as a member of the U.S. Armed Forces. Two questions. One, what does it signify? What is the purple heart for?
0: Mm -hmm. Oh. Um, it's, uh, you are wounded in combat. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Broadly speaking, it's injury in the line of duty, Mm -hmm. um, in combat. It's, I mean, it can be fairly serious too. multiple purple hearts too. You can receive one purple heart per, per incident. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. Definitely. Um, the, the official full, uh, definition is, uh, it is awarded for quote, being wounded or killed in any action against an enemy of the United States or as a result of an act of any such enemy or opposing armed forces. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you can receive it posthumously. A lot of people do have received it posthumously. Uh, but, yes, it signifies you are literally putting your ass on the line for mm-hmm. your country. Mm-hmm. Who is depicted on the Purple Heart oh. medal? Who is on the Purple
0: Heart? Is it just based on color? Is it grimace? <laughs> is it, it
2: is. It is a little more yeah. solemn and serious than is it, grimace. Is it like
1: an actual? What, uh, or famous, it is person. a famous. It
2: is a famous American. Is it a
1: president? It huh. is.
2: George it is a president. George Washington. It is George yeah. Washington. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's yeah. important. He is fairly important. And in fact, the the badge of military merit, which was sort of considered the forerunner of the modern Purple oh, Heart, okay. was established by George Washington oh. way back mm-hmm. uh, when he was leading the Continental Army. Um, and it was it was a very very selective. Award. They say he'll, he only gave it out apparently to only three soldiers from the Revolutionary War. So it's, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. So it's, uh, I mean, and of course, you know, Flash word to today, it's been awarded just under two million times now.
1: Hmm. So do you, so is there, even say if I get like my pinky blown off, oh, if you get a hangnail? Yeah, or, like, I mean, is there a degree of, of woundedness?
2: There is a degree of okay. woundedness, yeah. yeah. If you're getting, you know, paper cuts, filing documents, yeah. uh, <laughs> they're not going to necessarily consider you, I that. I think that yeah. you're,
0: like, I, I don't want to mangle this up, but I think that, like, your supervisor or your commanding officer, like, has to sign off. Vouch
2: yeah, yeah. you generally yeah. need to be recommended yeah. for it. Got and it. Then, okay. Yeah,
0: right. right. Yeah, you don't just, like,
2: when you come out of the hospital and say, like, hey, so where's, where's my, my purple heart? Yeah, right. Okay. Okay. right. right. Yeah, That's right. what yeah. I thought. One of one of the few honors and medals uh higher than the Purple Heart is the Medal of Honor. Mm-hmm. Uh often, often called the Congressional Medal of Honor. Okay, uh, that yeah. is not actually its full technical name. It's just the Medal of Honor. Uh it is the highest military honor possible, awarded by the President. Uh only U.S. servicemen and women are eligible to receive it. And it is basically just for outstanding acts of valor. Mm-hmm. Uh how many versions? of the Medal of Honor are there what do you mean, How many? Well, I'll give like you a hint. I'll give you a hint. Like, okay. Not not everyone receives the same version. Yeah. Ah. There's like a uh, Chris. Chris 4. Incorrect. Dang. I know there's a
3: silver one and a bronze one, right? There are mm-hmm. like two. There yeah. are at least two because when I did the research on the Navajo wind talkers, there are more than two. They, there were two different ones that they got. Uh-huh. All right,
2: I'll say there are at least two. Is two, yeah. yeah? Oh. No, well, yeah. three two plus. There are three. Magic number. Yes, yeah. magic, magic trivia yes. number. Yeah, uh, there are three versions. There's the the Army Medal of Honor. Mm-hmm. There's one for the Navy oh, and yeah. the Air Force.
0: Uh, now oh, this kind of sucks. I thought, I was Coast Guard. I, I was four. Well, the Marines. Both right? both the Marine
2: Corps and the Coast Guard. Uh, received the Navy version of the Medal oh, of Honor, okay. well, which, you know, is nice, and I, I, I won't presume to nobody, speak for them.
0: <laughs> nobody went home going, I only got the Navy version. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Why is it the Honor.
2: Navy version and not just the
3: aquatic soldier <laughs> yeah, version? Right, you know, right, the, right, right, yeah.
2: Did you know it is against the law to wear a Medal of Honor if you have not been awarded it? Oh. it they take it very seriously. Huh. There are a number of laws against who exactly is allowed to don the Medal well, of Honor.
1: Well, what happens? What are they going to do?
2: They could find you. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the, the full qualification for the Medal of Honor is, quote, conspicuous gallantry and intrepidity at Ooh. the risk of life above and beyond the call of duty take it seriously
1: said a lot hmm. of video game titles man medal
0: of honor call, of, call of duty, duty. <laughs> yeah
2: they just go through just, yeah through yeah. the army manuals whenever yeah. they need uh yep. on you know, battlefield for, i
0: know i'm waiting for this uh, this year's release of uh gallantry
2: and, <laughs> and <laughs> intrepid- intrepid- yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: all right last one last one uh who is the only u.s president to have been awarded the medal of honor oh. Oh. and i'll tell you it's not george washington I will yeah. rule one out for you. Uh, I think that was Dana. Is it Eisenhower? It is not Eisenhower. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a former military man, yeah. yeah. Okay, <laughs> okay. Uh, oh. It was awarded posthumously, if, the, if that helps you. Karen. Teddy Roosevelt. Exactly right. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's right, yes. He uh, seems
1: like a like kinda a dim fighting kind of intrepid. Yeah, yeah intrepiditude. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, it was uh, actually awarded by President Bill Clinton uh, in 2001. Oh, wow. Yeah, uh, primarily for his service in the Spanish-American War. Huh. Uh, Why did
1: it take so long?
2: Well, you know, I mean,
3: I think... Other stuff to he do. He was like president. It was yeah, like, aren't yeah. you winning enough? To right. This? <laughs> yeah. <And> then, yeah.
2: <laughs> Even in death, do you yeah. need this? He's on Mount
3: Rushmore. Uh, right? that's, <laughs> like, yes. Yeah, He's but fine. I, I
2: did not come here to impugn the spirit of, uh, the great president, Theodore Roosevelt.
3: Oh, they named the teddy bear for Teddy Roosevelt? He's fine. Yeah, he has enough awards. <laughs> they did name the teddy bear. He's covered. For teddy Roosevelt. He's covered. He's yeah. covered. Yeah. Uh, so let's loop back around to entertainment. Yeah. We can't Pray. escape, escape awards so easily. When I talk about Egots. Well, we've talked uh, about it before mm, on the show. Yeah. EGOT, Egot is Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, Tony. Hmm. There, as of today, as of when I checked, there were twelve people who've gotten the got.
1: Oh man, I thought there were uh, like at least thirty. I don't know. No, it doesn't no. happen. That's a a to
3: select no. company.
1: And, you know, people. There's varying
3: levels of enthusiasm for this award. They're like, oh, it it doesn't often really encompass the spirit of the of each award. Like you win <laughs> for spoken word on a. Grammy, oh, yeah, it's or what, all, it's like a it's, lot of
0: its technicalities. It's right? technicality. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah.
3: um, somebody was saying Mel Brooks is maybe the first one who really qualified, like, one for what the spirit of each award was.
2: Right. So exclusionary. Um, yeah.
3: It's so exclusive. Legend goes, and this is probably true. It seems like it comes up everywhere that it was coined by Philip Michael Thomas of Miami Vice. He was not the main guy. He's the other guy. Tubbs. <laughs> and in the
2: 80s. <laughs> yeah. It Yeah,
3: Tubbs. the <laughs> uh,
1: Who's the main guy? Crockett. Don, Don Johnson. Don Johnson. Don okay.
2: Johnson. Wow. Not Don yeah. Johnson. Man, this is guy. like
1: wham. Like, I remember George Michael, but I have no yeah. idea who the is. So imagine
3: Andrew Ridgely. <laughs> is <laughs> like, I'm going to get an ego. The Andrew
2: Ridgely of uh, police, yeah. police shows. <laughs> of
3: Miami. <laughs> So he he got a medallion in the 80s, and he'd go around, and he said, I'm going to EGOT. And he uh, he had a record out. Okay. He would go on shows. you got to watch. He's fascinating. I watched his interview with Johnny Carson, and I was like, yeah, that guy coined EGOT. I believe it.
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> like, but uh, did he actually get an EGOT? No. No. Well, no. he was not he even just, close. Oh, right? he, he didn't, didn't get win any, of any of them. Of them. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't yeah. want any of them. But I like the spirit. Yeah. I like the mm-hmm. <laughs> he came up with the name. Yeah. Yeah. He's got
2: a shiny medallion to show for it.
3: Anyway, I have a quiz for you guys about people who have almost e gotted. Right. Oh god. E gotted. So the, these people are all one award short okay. of getting an e EGOT, And so the way it's structured is I'll give you the three awards that they've won. Like maybe they've won a lot for the Emmys or something, but I'll only tell you one of the titles that they won for okay. for the Emmys. Um and then you tell me who it is based on these three right. things that they were in. Okay. And do we have in to- enough that they won an award for it. Okay. Oh, do you want to write down? Yeah,
1: let's write yeah, down. Please.
3: Actually, okay. Yeah, let's do that. So these people are one, they're one a- award away from they're having. A- yeah, their egos, 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 egos goths or, or toes. Goths. Oh,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah. toes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. First person won an Emmy for Outstanding Variety, Musical or Comedy Special for the Farewell Tour. A Grammy for Best Dance Recording for Believe. And an Oscar for the best actress in Moonstruck.
1: Oh.
3: Does not yet have a Tony.
1: Wow. I didn't know he's, she's close.
3: Everyone said share. It's share. <laughs> Cher
0: share and share alike.
3: That's right. So she's missing Tony. She's just missing a Tony. That could totally happen. That could happen. She could it do could. it. She it could, could do it. it could. All right. Next one. So this person won a Grammy for best pop performance by a duo or group. That's what friends are for. The best original song. Can you feel the love tonight from the Lion King and Oscar? And a Tony for best original score for our Aida.
0: What was the, what was the first one?
3: It was, uh, that's what friends are for. Pop duo.
0: Oh, this is a pop duo? No. It's a person. This,
3: this person won a won Grammy. A Grammy but as a part of a
0: pop- song. Okay, yes. Yeah. Okay.
3: Mm-hmm. Everyone has, wait, what is Chris? Tim Rice. But Colin and Karen said Elton John. It's Elton John. Oh, uh, okay. From the, I put the Can You Feel was, the Love Tonight I guess. know, I was You're going right. for the, yeah, yeah.
0: Well, I mean, Tim Rice did Can You Feel the Love Tonight and, and Aida, I think. the lyrics yeah.
1: to Aida. Uh, He's a right, lyricist. Right, right, yeah. Yeah.
3: This person won an Emmy for Supporting Actress in Downtown Abbey, an Oscar for Best Actress in the Prime of Miss Jean Brody, and a Tony for Best Actress in a play Lettuce and Lovage. Maggie Smith, good job, you Damn. guys. Dame, Dame, Maggie Smith. Sorry, and Sir Elton John. Gonna, <laughs> oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. We're gonna we get check get that to attitude. Titles, you're right. So yeah. <laughs> okay. How about this? He won an Emmy for lead actor in a mini mini series or movie for Angels in America, an Oscar for best actor in Scent of a Woman, and a Tony for best supporting actor in a play. Does a tiger wear a necktie?
1: That's a weird That is quite a play's name, (laughs)
3: right? Al Pacino. Yes, Al Pacino. Good job. uh, These are too easy. I'm going to go to a harder one. Does a tiger wear a a a necktie? I need closure on that anecdote. All right. (laughs) All right. He won an Emmy for lead actor in a miniseries or movie for The Life and Death of Peter Sellers, an Oscar for Best Actor in Shine, and a Tony for Best Lead Actor in a play called Exit the King.
2: What was the first one again?
3: It was l- The Life and Death of Peter Sellers.
2: <laughs>
3: All right. Oh, uh,
2: right. Okay. Yes. Yeah, Chris yeah, and Karen right.
3: say Jeffrey Rush, and Colin
2: says... No, nah, just Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum. I just had to write something down. That's right. It yeah,
3: <laughs> It was Jeff. Jeff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I almost give you half points for that. <laughs> <laughs> she won an Emmy for Best Supporting Actress in a Comedy Series, Sex in the City a Grammy for Best Spoken Word Album and Inconvenient Truth, and a Tony for Best Actress in a Play, Rabbit Hole.
2: Uh, mm. mm. oh, so oh,
3: Colin and Chris say Sarah Jessica Parker. Karen says Cynthia Nins- Nixon. It is Cynthia Nixon. Yes! Yeah, not Lee. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Booyah!
0: I wouldn't have been able yeah. to think of her name.
1: I, I don't w- even know which one she is.
0: Um old one. No. No. Oh. She's, Miranda. <laughs> She's Miranda. She's Miranda. You're such a Miranda, Chris. Yeah.
3: She also won an Emmy for uh, her guest role on SVU, and I almost oh, put really? that, but I was like that's so <laughs> inside baseball. <I'm> not gonna. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh okay, let's do two more. He won an Emmy for outstanding directing for a drama series for Boardwalk Empire. A Grammy for Best Music Film, *No Direction Home*. I didn't even know what a music film was, and an Oscar for Best Director of *The Departed*.
1: Oh, really? Mm-hmm.
3: Everyone says Martin Scorsese. Everyone is correct. Oh, I spelled it wrong.
2: I, I want to give Chris. No, I, I want to give Chris Marty. A point for Marty. He yeah, said Marty. Scorsese. Yeah. Yeah. We're just yeah.
0: well. You know, we're like this.
3: Yeah. Glad you pointed that out. Yeah.
0: yeah.
2: I see you, Chris.
3: Finally. She won Outstanding Writing and a Comedy Variety or Music Special for the Paul Simon Special. She won a Grammy for the Best Comedy Album for This is a Recording. And she won Best Actress in a Play, The Search for Signs of Intelligent Life in the Universe.
1: This is almost you okay.
0: Say those again. Yeah.
3: She won an Emmy for the Paul Simon Special, a Grammy for... Uh, best comedy album this is a recording and a tony for uh the search for signs of intelligent life in the universe
1: oh uh I, I don't
3: i, know. I have it. no idea oh okay uh so colin and karen say lily tomlin it's lily tomlin yeah, yeah. She won a bunch of Emmys for her own comedy specials, but I was like, "That's pretty."
1: Yeah, uh, huh. she won for the away. Lily Tomlin show. Yeah, I, <laughs> right. right. I who that is?
2: So, looking at this list, if I had to put my money on someone to complete oh. it first, yeah. I think I would probably put my man. That's a tough one. I would put it on Cher. Cher. I was gonna say Cher or maybe Al
0: Pacino. Since we're already talking about this, who are some EGOT winners? I believe uh, Whoopi Goldberg. Mel Brooks. Whoop, yeah, yep. Audrey one. Hepburn.
3: Robert Lopez. Bobby Lopez. Yep. Audrey Hepburn.
0: Ah. And,
3: um, I think Streisand is one as well. Okay. Uh,
0: Listen, yep. yep.
3: She's is definitely his, got the way.
2: Academy Award and some, the Grammy.
3: Some of the people on the list of for EGOTs, though, are on there because they were awarded like, oh, you're so cool awards,
2: you know, like Lifetime Achievement or oh, like not a- not for
1: like a competition.
2: Yeah. yeah. So we need the Regot with the Razzie in there. Halle Berry, get on it. I know. Mm -hmm. Oh, the Regot. Oh Oh,
1: man, you know what? With this list, we can do some (laughs) Regots. Or the
0: Toger. The Toger. The Toger. (laughs) Toger.
1: (laughs) All right, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Traffic jams,
2: tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? I'm at a grade school in Chicago. We're gonna find out if these teachers listen to Good Job Brain. Emperor Qin Shi Qi Huang ruled China until his death in 210 B.C. How did he die? I'm gonna go with a B.
3: Oh, it's definitely C. He was crushed.
2: It's mercury poisoning. D. Ding 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 ding. No way. Way. Awesome. Baby white or penicillin?
1: <laughs> Which came first? <laughs> no, penicillin. That's crazy. So you would learn all of these things if you listened to Good Job Brain. Well,
3: I I should. I will.
1: And we're back. And this week, we're talking about prizes.
0: Back in the Stone Age of Good Job Brain, in February 2013, we had an episode about the circus, which I think everybody remembers. We recorded using stone stone microphones. (laughs) Yes, 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 yes. With the little, it was great because we had the little, you know, the dinosaur running on the treadmill to power the mixer. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was like, It's a living. It's a living. Uh, Karen, you talked about during the circus episode, carnival scams. Yeah. Carnival games and how they are rigged uh, to be very um, unwinnable, such as the just all you have to do is throw this basketball into this hoop, but you can't see from where you're standing (laughs) that the hoop is actually oval, and the basketball, Mm. it will not go in the hoop. This was February 2013. We talked about this, and we... Man, we, we tried to warn you, planet Earth, but you you just didn't listen, and our message did not reach as far and wide as we hoped, because not two months after that episode aired, actually about two months after that episode aired, tragedy in the form of a very large and slightly racist stuffed banana.
2: Oh. Uh, a, a man
0: a man from Epsom, New Hampshire. This was interesting to me. I have, I have relations in Epsom, New Hampshire. It hmm. smells a... It's less than 5,000 people. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I know people there. Man from Epsom, New Hampshire, no relation to me, went to one of those carnivals, one of those traveling carnivals, played a carnival game called Tubs of Fun. (laughs)
3: Okay. Tubs
0: of fun. It
3: sounds fun. I like a lot it. of carnival <laughs> yeah. games. Yep.
0: <laughs> it is deceptively simple. You get two balls, like softballs, like a, like okay. like not baseballs but softballs, about that size. Uh, and there's an off-the-shelf plastic tub, the sort of thing you buy to put, you know, one of those like blue an ice plastic. tub or something. An ice tub, yeah. Okay. And it's and it's riveted onto a platform that's sort of like 45 degrees, so it's basically pointed at you. What you have to do is you have to throw the ball in the tub and have it stay in there and not bounce out of the tub back at you. And this guy, Henry Gribham, he was not able to do it in the first try. And then he, then he tried a few more times and couldn't do it. And the way that he, the way he told the story afterwards was that he got so mad that he couldn't do it and that he had spent so much money trying to just throw the ball into the tub and it keeps bouncing out. He starts betting the operator like I want to go double or nothing but I can do it this time and he ends up very very I mean again we've we've talked about I think on a different episode like loss aversion. Like when yeah. you when you go down in terms of money, <laughs> when you've blown a hundred bucks, you want to get the money back. back. Yeah. So apparently the operator was like, Yeah, you know, I'll I'll bet you double or nothing you you know can do it. And then he loses more money, loses three hundred dollars at the carnival oh my God. in a very short amount of time playing tubs of fun. And then he goes and <laughs> and he and he goes home. Okay. Where he retrieves twenty three hundred dollars from his house <gasps> no. all his money and takes it to the carnival and then blows $2,300 no. on tubs of fun. And he walked away. He won a prize. He won a Rastafarian <laughs> banana, a gigantic stuffed <laughs> banana. What did he win it for? Kind of a consolation prize. Yeah. That gave I gave him think the you banana. Get, I think he was banana. trying to win an Xbox 360 with a Kinect camera. This is in the oh, year 2013, but okay. that was like worth something. This ends up on the local news uh, that this had happened, and he was basically complaining. You know, there's no way that this game isn't rigged. This game is rigged. There's no way it's not rigged because whenever I threw a practice shot, the ball stayed in the tub, and then whenever it was real money on the line, the ball bounced out. So he believed that the operator is pressing a button or something. Exactly, that something is going on. So is he right? In a manner of speaking, you might actually say that he's wrong because there is no secret mechanism. Uh, it's all exactly as it appears to you. He's just not noticing something. So you go up to the game. And the operator says, all you got to do is toss the ball in the tub. The operator is standing behind the counter, right? And he's standing sort of to Angle. the side of the tub. And he, and he just sort of gently puts the ball in the tub. He's like, all you got to do is put a ball in the tub. And then he goes, here you go. Take a practice shot on the house, and he hands you the second ball. Then you throw the ball in, and it stays in. Uh, and he's like, "That's how easy it is, folks. You throw it in, it stays in. You want to do it? You're an actual you a Prize. No. The ball's not different. I think it dampens the vibration. Sometimes they switch out balls and things like that. And and yeah, then he takes the balls out and he hands them to you. And he goes, "Here you go. And you throw why. the one ball in, it bounces right out. You throw the second ball in, it bounces right out. But you know, you just throw it in and it stayed in there, so you know yeah. that you can do it. You're so close, so why don't you keep doing it?" So, Colin, yeah, absolutely. When there's a ball in there, there's the other one, will, it'll it'll stay. It won't it vibrate as much. So, you know, he puts a ball in there gently, and oh. then he gives you the second ball, and he says, here, take a practice shot. You throw it in, it stays in, because the ball that's already in there, it deadens the whole system. It makes it less bouncy, because it absorbs a lot of the vibrations has, that are going on. No. So, you throw the second ball in there, it stays in. It is a con game. Don't do Tubs of Fun. Don't do <laughs> don't it.
3: Don't do any of the carnival games. <laughs> well, Could well, you, I mean, just you be like, I'll leave fun the ball some, in
0: there? You know what they say is play <laughs> carnival games where it's you like, versus well. other people. So there's a, always somebody will will win. But the Tubs of Fun oh, like thing water it, that is a con game. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, right. Now, there is a sort of a happy ending. Uh, the the film of the guy walking around with a giant Rastafarian banana went viral. And collegehumor.com offered to purchase the banana from him. Oh. By the way. When this was happening, uh, I saw a lot of news stories referring to it as a life sized banana. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's not a life sized like banana. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Right. banana. It's a person. It's a man sized <laughs>
0: banana. <laughs> but it's not a, li- a life sized a banana, would be a regular, a regular small just a banana. banana. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. It's a tiny little banana, right? Yeah. No. Tiny little dreadlocks. Yeah. Uh, CollegeHumor.com <laughs> <laughs> offered to purchase the banana from him for $2,600 oh, plus yeah. an Xbox with a Kinect. Oh. Good, on, so, good on them. Oh. Good on them. A happy ending. In yeah. a after a fashion, racist banana gets a forever home, and everybody learns a good lesson. Yeah. Um, Karen, you and I were talking before the show about other games that were out there that we didn't cover, and there's one, like, literally, if you want to play Tubs of Fun, I guess go ahead at this point, but really, really, really never play this game. Never play the game called uh, Swinger, or any sort of variations of it. This is where you have a bottle, like a milk bottle, or a bowling pin, probably a bowling pin. It's so where you have a bowling pin. And you have a bowling ball that's on a rope mm-hmm. that's attached to a point on the ceiling. And the object of this game, and of course the operator will come out and he'll show you that he can do it very easily, is to is to swing the ball past the bowling pin and have it come back and knock the bowling pin down oh. on the return. Oh, right? Okay. And he will show you that he can absolutely do it. And then when he sets up the pin for you, he will put the pin Directly underneath, right in line with the point at which the ball is, is, is roped onto the ceiling. Oh. Which makes it not only difficult, in- mathematically, mathematically impossible for you to, cause if you swing the ball on one side, <laughs> it will come back on the other side of the pin. Not slightly. Uh, it will come back the exact same distance on the other side because it will, it will describe a perfect parabola around geometry. the game. It's not <laughs> yeah, because that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah. never, ever, ever. That is a con game. It's
2: really interesting. Like the, like the, as you say, like the difference between the, the, the fair
0: not fair ones, and the yeah. unfair, not fair ones. Right, like the basketball <laughs> hoop thing with the oval you basketball. can do hoop. it. Like you could do it. It's just it tricks you into thinking that it's easier than it is.
1: All right, I have a quiz for you. And of course, when we talk about prizes, my first thing that comes to mind is uh, I always think like like blue ribbon uh-huh. winners, giant vegetables and fruits like uh-huh. at county fairs. Yeah. And I've been to, I've been to a couple of a. Uh, a uh, county fair is now and uh here, Ugliest
0: dog. Oh, uh, though, yeah, that's
1: near us. That's in Marin oh, County. Oh, right, right, yeah, right, right, yeah, yeah. Ugliest dog. Here I have a quiz, and it's a write-down quiz. <laughs> and I've picked a world-record, br- world-record-breaking uh, large vegetables <laughs> oh and fruit. Okay. Uh. And I will give you, uh, most of these are, you have to guess the weight, uh, the <laughs> recorded weight. Uh, closest to gets the point. And I'll tell you in both imperial and metric And version, other, yeah. And yeah. other. Here we go. Let's just go with uh, the heaviest cabbage. Mm. How much do you think <laughs> the heaviest cabbage weigh? This is uh, in Alaska at a county fair there. Average cabbage is about like a head of cabbage is about two pounds. This is a world... Record.
0: World record cabbage. Heaviest
1: right. cabbage. It's so big. <laughs> All right. Not Price is Right. Okay. So closest okay. to. All right. Answers up for your guess for biggest cabbage. Dana says 600 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> Could uh, be. Chris says 55 pounds. And Colin says 17 pounds. I feel good about this. Chris is the winner. The largest cabbage weighs 138 pounds, and that's sixty-two kilograms. Wow. That's a person yeah. made out of leaves. Mm. i are thinking about the pump the giant pumpkin
3: yeah. scale. Yeah. I
1: think there's the giant down. pumpkin I think is is like two thousand pounds or something. Yeah,
0: I yeah.
2: mean, because
1: cabbage is still a bunch of leaves. That's a right? life
0: size cabbage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cabbage. Yeah,
1: speaking of life size produce. Yep.
0: Let me tell you, Karen. That's a lot of coleslaw.
1: <laughs> that is. I actually did some follow-up. That cabbage was uh, shredded down for, for feeding farm animals and compost. Oh, okay. Because okay. at, at one point, even the farmer says, when it grows so big, the taste is diluted. Ah, uh, okay. So,
0: it tastes like nothing. Yeah.
1: All right. World's heaviest broccoli. Also, another Alaska Alaskan county fair winner. Well, I don't have an average broccoli weight. I tried looking for it heaviest broccoli
0: heaviest
1: broccoli, okay. broccoli right. is pretty light because it's a lot of um mm. florets and air you know so yeah. the really heavy part is the stock
2: i feel like it's denser than cabbage yeah hmm. mm.
1: only the stock part though not the not the,
3: not the flower he- fuzzy buds. part
1: yeah all right heaviest broccoli answers up Dana says 80. 80 pounds. Colin says 34 pounds. Chris says 178 pounds. The answer is 35 pounds. Oh. Colin gets oh, the point. One, one Very off. Close. Wow. 35 pounds, that is 15.8 kilograms. Uh, and so both of these, uh, cabbage and broccoli, is grown in Alaska. And hmm. Alaska actually. Has a kind of not magic,
2: but but um. Oh, it's not magic. There is
1: a reason why, because they have longer daylight during the Mm. summer. So there's 20 Uh, hours of sunlight. (laughs) That helps, but also, I mean, these are only uh, specific types of vegetables that really thrive. It's not like they're just growing random seeds. Like these seeds are are researched and pedigree. They're trying. They're trying. Yeah, they're trying.
0: That's a lot of broccoli cheese soup.
1: (laughs) Are you gonna end all of these? <laughs> Wait, you're gonna make that c- good. C- all right oh, no. uh <laughs> stay tuned <laughs> world's largest pumpkin oh. world's largest pumpkin your average pumpkin is 18 pounds or about eight kilograms listeners i hope you guys are also writing in your answers <laughs> i i want to you know while driving well i yeah. I prepared both metric too. Oh yeah, right, right, right. Yep. For the non-US, world's largest pumpkin. This Mm. one's this one's big. Okay, right. Dana says twenty-two hundred (laughs) pounds.
0: Yeah,
1: it's probably. Uh, Colin says nine hundred ninety-nine pounds, and Chris says three hundred and one pounds. The answer is. Sixteen hundred eighty nine pounds. Yeah. That's
2: seven hundred sixty six kilograms. I, I know they had to use like a forklift. Like I've seen them like bringing
1: yeah. this
0: thing with equipment. How yeah. much is
1: a ton? Two thousand. So it's like almost, almost yeah, right. a ton of pumpkin.
0: That's a big pumpkin pie. <laughs> 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 All
1: right, here we go. Let's let's move away from weight and let's guess the longest carrot. The longest carrot, you guys. Oh man, alright. Longest carrot. Your usual carrot is, uh, about 12 inches, 25 centimeters. Not baby carrots, obviously. Normal carrots. Longest carrot! And this, and this is interesting because I had to breed up how they grew it.
2: Mmm. That's a little bit of that a. Sounds hemp, weird, yeah. yeah. No,
3: I'm imagining like this
1: pipe that runs through the. <laughs> World's longest carrot. Answers up. Here we go. Dana says four feet and two inches. Colin, What's 60, 60 inches? inches. So five feet.
0: Inch- no no units on that. <laughs> yeah, it's
2: just
0: I'm covering my bases.
1: Feet, yeah. uh, Chris says seven feet, two inches. The answer is 19 feet and oh. two inches. Oh. So that's you, I think, Chris. I think that's it's Chris. me. Yeah, I yeah. think it's me. Yeah. 19 oh. feet, two inches. meters. That's a long carrot. And so how they grow it is it grows on an angle. It grows on a 45 degree like platform, you know, not underground. Oh, yeah. It's out like in the greenhouse. I also looked up heaviest carrot and I didn't include this because the world's heaviest carrot or the world series, like all the other contenders of heaviest (laughs) carrot. It's not one giant carrot. It looks like it's a bunch of carrots growing into a Franken carrot. Yeah. You know, so when you like pull in dirt, it's not one clean, nice carrot. It's all gnarly and it just looks like a bunch of carrots grew fused into each these other. These roots. Yeah. yeah poking out. So I was yeah. like, mmm.
0: That's a tall carrot. Cake. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right. Let's do one more. The tallest sweet corn or maize, your usual edible corn okay. plant. Tallest, okay. not Are the top. E- yeah, the, the stalk. Starting oh. from
2: the dirt up to the sky. From
1: the stem, yeah, yep, to the, the very, very top. And your mm-hmm. average corn plant is about five feet to 12 feet. That's about one and a half meters okay. to three and a half Twelve meters. 12 feet is average. Yeah, yeah. Well, elef- five
2: to 12. Elef- to elef- elephant's eye is about <laughs> <plus> nine
0: feet. <four. laughs> Curvature of the earth. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Carry the seven. <laughs> All right. All right, answer is up. Dana has 24 feet. feet. Colin says 13 feet. Chris says 21 feet. The answer is 35 feet. Yes. Which is about almost 11 meters long. That's without falling too. I don't know how they not fall.
3: So you put 13 feet, and she said the cap for average was 12 feet.
2: Oh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I guess <laughs> so I sounded out there. I was too okay. busy trying to picture, like, a corn. I was thinking, like, 10 feet. I'm yeah.
0: That is one big taco.
1: All this stuff isn't a fluke. Like, all of these large produce things. No, this see, is intentionally, This is intentionally yes. to be comically large. Well, good job, you guys. Cool. Is it we're a great. Tie? Trip, trip to the county fair. Oh, we're just, yeah. Yeah, we're just going to call it a tie. Dana and Chris. And we got one last chance to win a prize. Well,
2: uh, no prizes here uh, being given out on the show, uh, but I do mm-hmm. have a tale for you guys that involves gold, Nazis, cross-border intrigue, and no fewer than five Nobel Prize winners. Whoa!
1: It's pitching, oh. pitching a movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, was this made into Here's a movie before? The, well,
2: uh, yeah, no, but maybe this tale can be made into a movie. Hmm.
1: Give Colin a ring.
2: Yeah. Hollywood. Yeah. I've got the details.
1: Uh, <laughs> so does the internet.
2: <laughs> right. Yeah, you know. Uh, this this story all started with a man named uh, Karl von Ossietzky, And Karl von Ossietzky was a German journalist and political writer. He, he was a pacifist. Uh, he was opposed to the Nazi Party. And in 1935, he was awarded the Nobel Peace Prize primarily for his work exposing uh, illegal government activities in the run-up to World War II. Osietzky had been convicted of espionage and treason in 1931. So you can imagine that this was rather embarrassing to the German government uh, to have uh, their political prisoner being awarded the Nobel Peace Prize. Um, Now, they they couldn't, of course, prevent the committee from awarding him the prize, but they could sure as hell prevent him from leaving the country to go pick it up, to claim any of his money, anything like that. They are like, no, no way. You you cannot go claim this prize. And embarrasses even further. Um, So long story short. This was was scandalous both in and outside Germany. Uh, And in fact, shortly afterward, the German government outright banned German citizens from accepting any future Nobel Prizes. Oh, wow. Yeah, they they were not not messing around. Now, so if you were a prominent scientist in Germany in the <laughs> mid to yeah. late 1930s, your chances. right, and you know, especially if you were Jewish, uh, you could expect to come under a, an incredible amount of scrutiny from the government, as oh. it was. Uh, I mean, keep in mind that, you know, a lot of the country's top scientists were pretty outspoken in their, I mean, they had a platform, and they were pretty yeah. outspoken in their opposition to the Nazi party and the direction the country was going, you know, and indeed, I mean, a lot of the top minds, you know, Albert Einstein among them, basically just said, "Uh, see ya, I'm gonna maybe come back to Germany someday. But now is not the time. And they left the country altogether. So if you were a prominent physicist or chemist who had decided to stay in Germany, for whatever reason, uh, you know, it was a little bit of an awkward position, especially if you had already won a Nobel Prize in the past, (laughs) you know, I mean, they can't revoke it from you, you've got it, you know, and it's sitting in your possession before the government came to power. But the medal itself was certainly something that the government could come and basically take from you at any time if they wanted to, you yeah, know. With, they can't take uh, away
1: your title, but right. they can take away the swag.
2: That's right. Mm-hmm. They absolutely could. And so, in fact, uh, some high profile scientists who had won Nobel prizes, you know, in the 20s, 30s, in the run up to this rise of uh, the new government, decided, all right, you know, let's, let's get them out of the country. Let's put them somewhere safe. And so a couple of scientists gave them, left them in the care of the Niels Bohr Institute in Copenhagen. Okay. okay. Very famous institute, named after a very famous scientist, Niels mm-hmm. Bohr, uh, who himself was a Nobel Prize winner. Then, I mean, as it is now, it's one of the world's most prestigious, most respected research institutions, uh, dedicated primarily to physics and over the years a lot of scientists had worked there, researched there. It seemed like a nice, safe, trusting place to keep your valuable gold medals out of the hands of the Nazis. And that was all well and good until 1940, when if okay. you know your history, you know that is when the German army invaded Denmark. So understandably, there were a lot of people who were getting very nervous. And you know, one thing to know, this is very important, is that at the time it was a pretty serious crime to transport gold out of Germany. Uh. Like, are Nobel
1: Prizes made of gold?
2: They are made of gold. Oh. Yes, yes. So not, not just the political act of the Nobel Prize, but just any amount of gold. If you're transferring out of the country, that was a very big deal, especially mm. if it was something so charged. You know, each Nobel medal has the winner's name on it. So it's yeah. not, oh, that's not mine. <laughs> you know, that, no, that's, that's some other Niels Bohr. That's not me. So not only the people who had smuggled them out, but the people holding them could be in trouble, too, now that the Germans had occupied Denmark. So... You may not have heard of George de Hevesi, and I hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly, because clearly I had not heard of him before I first heard this he story. Danish? Uh, he was Hungarian by birth. He okay. was living in Copenhagen, working at the Niels Bohr Institute at this time. Uh, and he proved to be a Nobel Prize saving hero. At that time, the Institute was holding on to Nobel Prizes belonging to to the medals, belonging to uh, Max von Laue and James Frank. Uh, who had both won prizes earlier in the teens and the twenties and sent them to the Niels Bohr Institute for safekeeping. So George de Hevesi, uh, decided, I'm going to keep these medals safe. So Karen, yeah, let, let's talk about the medals here for a minute. They, you know, I mean, when you win the Nobel Prize, you get a nice fancy piece of paper, you get a nice fat check, you get a trip to Stockholm or Oslo, depending on which prize you get, and you get the medal. And up until the 1980s, these, these medals were pretty weighty. They were, Nearly pure gold. They were 23-karat gold uh, up through hmm. the 80s. They were about 7 ounces. These are nice, hefty... Nice chunk of gold. Yeah. These days they're they're 18 karat gold plated in 24 karat gold. But so they, nah. keep, they
1: keep better too. Yeah, like, you <laughs> it know.
2: keeps better. Yeah, yeah. I know. yeah. It's it's a little more durable. You're yeah, right. When yeah. When you have
1: like a lot of gold that's malleable, it's true. And then it's like it's with true. The weather, it's
2: true. No, mm-hmm. you're right. But in the 30s and 40s, certainly they were still virtually solid gold. And so, why is gold valuable? I mean, yeah, it's pretty and it's really malleable and you can do a lot of stuff with it. But one of the reasons that gold's been so valuable is because it doesn't tarnish. It doesn't rust. It seems like it's almost magical. It doesn't react in the presence of most chemicals. Most chemicals. Yeah, it's one of the reasons gold's been extremely valuable. It's, you know, I mean, Mm -hmm. going way back, you can see why alchemists wanted to turn things into this that's true substance okay. <laughs> have you guys ever heard of aqua regia no. aqua regia uh, maybe I've somewhere word, I, yeah, just, yeah. sounds like a very kind of old-timey alchemist word and in fact it is uh, aqua regia means royal water king's yeah. water and aqua regia scientifically it's a mixture of nitric acid and hydrochloric acid now each of these are pretty powerful acids on their own mm-hmm. but when you mix them together powers the powers combine to do something very special and seemingly magical aqua can dissolve gold. Huh. Mm-hmm. So let's go back to 1940 in Denmark. We're at the Bohr Institute. That old cliche. Yeah. Uh, so uh, George de Hevesy and Niels Bohr himself were discussing, what are we going to do with these metals in their care? You know, we don't want the Nazis to find them. We don't want anyone to get in trouble if they do find them. So de Hevesi is writing, I suggested that we should bury the metal. But hmm. Bohr did not like this idea, as the metal might be unearthed. I decided to dissolve it. (laughs) So yes, chemist...
1: This this (laughs) nutty guy decided to...
2: Chemist by training, putting his science powers to work. He got some aqua regia. He literally put the two gold... Nobel medals into the regia, dissolved them into solution. As he's writing, he's like, while the invading forces marched in the streets of Copenhagen, I was busy dissolving Laos and also James Frank's medals. So it took some time. It took a little bit of work, but he got them completely dissolved into solution. So he takes the regia gold medal solution, puts it in a very nondescript jar, Puts it up on a shelf in his lab along with all kinds of other chemicals and nondescript jars, that's right. Holy cow. And left it there. The Germans, sure enough, did come to the Niels Bohr Institute, yeah. did come searching the Niels Bohr Institute for anything that they thought was valuable or could be politically uh, helpful. Oh my goodness. And had no idea that this jar containing two melted down gold medals is waiting there just under their noses. After the war is over, all right? Germans, Nazis Germans lost. defeated, Nazis Yeah. Uh, yes, yes. right. He's
1: um, gotta give it he's gotta give it back to the winners. De
2: Hevesy yeah. goes back to his lab, oh, once things man. are opened, goes Crazy. back into his room on the shelf. The jar still is still there. there, undisturbed, hasn't been touched since he put it there, gets it back down, uses his vast chemistry knowledge, and he precipitates the gold <laughs> back out of solution. Uh-huh. So he now has a not involved <laughs> yeah. gold. A ball- yeah, it's ball. not, you know, it's, it's actually kind of like a powdery. Yeah. It's okay. a okay. precipitate. If you're, you know, remember your high school uh, chemistry. No. Maybe. And he delivers the precipitated gold back to the Royal Swedish Academy of Sciences. <laughs> and sure enough, the Nobel Foundation recycled it, Re-meled reminted, it. reminted new Nobel medals uh-huh. for Max von Lao and James oh. Frank. That is incredible. How awesome is that? That's science power. I love it. I love it. Possibly because of the good karma. Possibly because he was a really smart dude. uh, George Hevesy also went on to win his very own Nobel Prize. For doing oh, yeah. this? For, can, Not for this. <laughs> I, uh, I would no. give him one for that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, just a few years later. I And I'm sure he kept it in a safe place wherever, <laughs> whatever he – Oh, my goodness. Yeah, isn't that That's incredible? I thought, that is man, this ridiculous. story could have
1: gone so many ways. I thought it was – he'd just be like, let's dissolve it. Sorry, winners. Right. We got to save our hides, you know? Or, or maybe he goes back to winners, be like, "Well, here's your jar of dissolved <laughs> yeah. solution.
2: This is the best I could do for you." Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. All right. Science.
1: And that is our episode. Thank you guys for joining me, and thank you guys, listeners, for listening in. Hope you learned a lot of stuff about EGOTs, Razzies, pizza, and dissolving. Gold, not melting gold, dissolving gold. (laughs) You can find our show on iTunes, on Stitcher, on SoundCloud, Spotify, and on our website, goodjobbrain.com. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.
2: Traffic jams, tailgating.